When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, folks, would you like free tickets for the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, you're in luck because our sponsor, Prosper Insurance, is giving a ticket to anyone who gets a home and auto quote with them. You don't even have to buy a policy to get the free ticket, although the savings will absolutely make you want to switch today. Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes the process easy, all while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate, which is just a few of the many reasons why Prosper has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance slash kime to get your quote and a free ticket to the Baltimore preseason game on August 28th. That's prosper.insurance slash Kime, K-E-I-M, no.com. Get ready to feel good about your insurance. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein and I, Go over Washington's 17-13 win over Cincinnati in the second preseason game. We discuss running back Jared Patterson, can you really let this guy loose, Antonio Gandy-Golden, and much, much more. You can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW and hear him on ESPN 630 Radio. And you can read my work, of course, on ESPN.com. And now, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein. Bram, they got the win. The result of the game is not what everybody wants to know about. What were your big takeaways from this one? Um, a few things. And I think there's there's one, and I get it, Joe Burrow didn't play. Um, but 55 yards allowed in the first half, 55? I mean, that's an absurd number. Um, especially when you're rotating in a billion different people and you didn't start either of your starting corners. So I think in the end, they're going to be very happy with that. And again, I get it. Burrow didn't play, but that's a crazy number in the NFL. So that's a really good sign. Um, Jared Patterson, again, was tremendous. And they worked him in early in the game. So obviously they wanted to see him against someone else's ones or whatever combination of their ones were going to be there. And I think he is making it very difficult for them not to consider keeping four running backs or make a very tough decision about what three looks like. But it seems to be trending, in my opinion, towards four, because I know for a fact they like the other three and don't want to cut any of them. So um, that's becoming a difficult decision. And once again, Taylor Heineke's a gamer. 
Like whatever you're seeing in practice, it is when the lights go on, he's a different dude. And again, I thought he performed pretty well. He has an incredible feel for the game. And I still don't think he's anywhere near becoming the starting quarterback. No. But you could just see what you like in him. And so those are really the three things I think that really stood out to me tonight. Yeah, and, 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 you know, you're right about Heineke. I didn't like the ball security coming up the middle when he had the run and he, fumbled, he lost the ball. Um, but he, he does do better in games than he does in practice right now. There's no doubt about that. With Patterson, the interesting thing there, and you brought it up, like, you know, you and I both know that they like – whatever people want to say about Peyton Barber, the bottom line is this coaching staff likes him and sees a role for him. So to me, if Patterson makes it right now, based on what we know, and sometimes that changes, then it has to be four. So where do you take a less one less player? What's, you know, like, do you take just nine offensive linemen? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I, I really don't know. Um, and that's really the problem here. And they're, they're running into some good problems. I'll even go a step further with Barber, because I talked to some people this week about him. Because he looks really good in camp. He clearly lost some weight. He's looked a lot faster. I don't think he had a lot of opportunities tonight. I'll take this a step further. Like, they were telling me he's going to have an increased role this year. So anyone who thinks, like, well, Patterson's going to take his place, you're barking up the wrong tree. That's, That's not even close to reality right now. And obviously, Gibson's in no danger of anything. And I don't think McKissick's in any danger of anything. I think they have to keep four running backs. Yeah. And so that means, so to your point, like, where do they get it from? I don't know, but one less offensive lineman is feeling very likely dependent on whether it's four running backs or seven receivers. Like one of the two is going to happen here. So, um, and in all likelihood, it's, it's starting to scream four running backs. Well, and I'll tell you what, you know, another key Bram with this is after the game when we're talking to Ron Rivera and we it was um, Patterson's kickoff return was brought up and Rivera said, listen, if they can make it like it's a run, he can be very dynamic. You don't leave potential dynamic guys on the sidelines. So I think he can fill a role as that kick returner and a backup to McKissick in a third down role. That's a good role for him right now. So I think that's also now becomes an avenue for him to make it. I was impressed with his return, not just because of the way he ran it, because the way he fielded the ball, he looked a lot more natural. The other day when I saw him in practice, didn't look as comfortable doing it as he did tonight, which tells you that it just took him a couple reps to get it right. But if you talk about a dynamic guy, you don't cut him. So I think he's like, and Bram, we've been around guys, the Lake Sea Strunks of the world, you know, Marcus Mason's guys that we knew probably weren't going to make it because of other reasons, I don't get the sense with this guy. I think this guy's a little bit different than that. Don't you think? I do. I do. I actually we brought it up during the broadcast with D'Angelo and I asked him, you know, directly, how do you know when somebody's not just a summer hero and he's someone who can actually help you? And, and he was pretty effusive about Patterson. You know it when you see it. And I think that like the coaches putting him in as early as they did, that was done on purpose today. I think they wanted yeah, to see oh, him against some ones. Yeah. I mean, like they did a couple of things that were really interesting, purposeful tonight. Like Patterson played really early because I think they wanted to see him in those spots. Yep. And then they took those corners out, I think, for a reason. Like they have, they have these other corners. They wanted them to be forced to face number one receivers 
Tevers and just see how it goes. Yeah. And St. Juice was terrific, you yeah, know, tonight like up against those are really, you know, if Jamar Chase is everything they say he's going to be, certainly didn't look like it tonight, but like, yeah, he's not gonna be really, yeah. he's going to be. No, he was not very good. A lot of alligator arms and drop passes and all that type of stuff. You know, I know it's you know small sample size and everything. I'm not claiming anything about him, but tonight was not a good look for the number five overall pick or whatever he was. Like him, T. T. Higgins is good. Him, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. That's a very good trio if Chase is going to be what they say he's going to be. And they threw out Jimmy Moreland and St. Juice and McTire against them, and they had no problem handling them. And I, again, I know Burrow didn't play, but still, that's supposed to be advantage the other team, and it really wasn't. So, now, you know, that was a good sign tonight. What I like with St. Juice is he had that one, he defended um, Jamar Chase on the one third down. I think it was a third and five, an inside slant. And what I liked there, and this to me is one of the things I like about St. Juice is his smarts. So they ran a play like that earlier in the game. He played him outside leverage, gave up the gave up the um, route inside. I think that I think I think it may have been incomplete, but he gave up the route. And on this one, he noticed pre-snap. This is how this is what I'm seeing. He shaded him to the inside and took it away. And I think that was a nice adjustment by him. So. I agree with you. Like I was, I've been pleased with what I've seen from him. McTire has been kind of a, a, a pleasant surprise um, to, to, you know, to me. And so I, it's been, you know, I think he's done a nice job as well. The other guy that I thought jumped out a little bit was Antonio Gandy golden. And if you're looking at that last receiver spot, Dax Milne got more work with the ones. I saw him have some trouble getting off some press man. I think you can hide him on a practice squad. And, you know, Stephen Sims, DeAndre Carter, if you keep um, Patterson as a kick returner, maybe you don't need Carter in that role. Um, and so maybe you're able to get Gandy Golden on there. What did you think of him? Yeah, I'm kind of with you now. I mean, you, you've been selling to me all along. They're invested in Gandy Golden um, because they spent a mid-round pick for him. And he was their pick. He wasn't a carryover from the previous staff and that means something um and but all along i've been watching and going yeah but if he's not going to make any plays or he can't get off the line like at some point you have to make a decision and the core is deeper than it's been in a long time and they've got tough decisions to make steven sims if when he gets cut is going to get picked up like he's going to play somewhere else and so you've got like you got decisions to make you have decisions to make here and but tonight, I thought it was a big moment. I think that I, I think that two point conversion was a big deal for him yeah, to make that catch in traffic like that. Like especially after the week before, when he didn't complete that catch when they when they wanted him to, and he does have really good hands. I mean, like he came in. Everyone talked about all the crazy one handed catches and all those things he would make when he, he was at Liberty. He does have really good hands. It, like I don't see breakaway speed from him, but he is tall. He is pretty physical maybe he can get more physical and he's got very good hands and so right now off of tonight i'm kind of on your side like all along i've been kind of leaning towards i don't think they're going to keep him but after tonight i am more inclined to believe that he's going to make the roster well you know the other key here bram too and at this point you're going to look into reading the comments and all that so one of the reasons they drafted him was to make those 50 50 contested catches well they saw that tonight they were a, he was their fourth round pick and they saw some things tonight that was the reason they drafted him. So, I mean, there's still like, 
I don't know how much he's actually going to contribute. And he, he can play on special teams because he's on that. He's on the second kick coverage. And I think he's also on um, the number two units on maybe on one of the punt coverage units or something or, or kick return um, blocking, something like that. Um, so he does play in that area. But I think it's that, again, they want to see the downfield contested catches. And they saw that. And, you know, they saw that on the two point conversion. So they, where it's a contested situation. That's why they drafted him. And the guys that liked him are still here. So if you start to see what you like from liked from him before the draft, you start to see it manifest itself on the field. It leads you to keeping the guy. I want to go back to Patterson for one more minute because one of the things that jumped out to me when we talked to guys in the, um, in the press room afterwards is when you'd ask them about Patterson, their eyes light up. They are like, they start when I was asking, I think it was Antonio or somebody asked Antonio Gibson, and you can see him start to smile when he when he hears the name Patterson. They really like him, and they this is like he's got there's something infectious about that kid. Yeah, I I just this is one of those people where the more I watch him, the more I can't believe he wasn't drafted. Like yeah. that somebody didn't take him, and it's not like he he played at a real program. Like I, I know. Buffalo is not Alabama, but it's not, this is not some D2 thing. And he had these moments where you think it would catch scouts attention. Like he scored like six or seven touchdowns in a game, you know, like, yeah, I don't know what happened here. Like I, it, it just must be, he's short and everyone just turned the page on him because he's short. But when you see him in person and you see the lower body strength, that is the telltale sign of yeah. the right core for a running back. Like, I don't know how he wasn't drafted by somebody. And he's just, it's feeling like he's a keeper keeper. Now, it, like all this said, like, call me in two months when he probably has eight carries total, you know, right. because what do they take in the ball out of Gibson's hands or taking out of McKissick's hands? No, they're not. So, you know, short of injury where they have to lean on him and find out what he can do in the real games, um, I still don't think you're going to see a ton of them. But I don't think you can cut him right now. No, like, I, don't I think, think so. too much has happened here over the last couple of weeks. And they profiled him tonight. So, yeah. you know, that isn't to cut him, especially the way he performed. And I think it also, Bram, it's also sometimes you see those guys that put up big numbers who don't get kept because it's what are you showing within that game? I think what he shows more so than the numbers, it's what he shows which is why you keep him. He shows the ability to, he plays bigger than he is. And you see him and there was a couple of runs where he's squeezing through the linemen. He can hide behind them, but he can squeeze through a small, a narrow gap that other guys can't, they can't surprise a guy going through that gap. So he shows some things that make him valuable. I also always thought that he, when they got him, he was, you know, and Ron Rivera's talked about this. He talked, compares him to Darren Sproles, a third down back. Well, you don't really need him in that role right now because you got McKissick, but I always thought you draft, you got drafted. You, you signed this guy to hopefully develop him into McKissick's replacement because his contract's up after this year. So you got him here this year. And I think we'll see his best stuff obviously in the future or, or maybe next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm with you on there. I, I, I'm finding a way to keep him. And I don't always like jumping to that after just a game or two, because we see how things change, but I do think you're right. There's something different with this kid. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. An underdog fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. What did you think of the uh, first offense? Um, you know, more and more... Um, the word I think consistency is going to come up here, Um, whether they're going to be capable of it um, early. Uh, They're mixing and matching the offensive line. That's fine. It appears they're going to settle on who the five are. And my gut is flowers is going to start at left guard. And the others seem to be falling into place and seem to be the way that they're going with the other four. Curtis Samuel will eventually get on the field. We'll see how they use them. Antonio Gibson's not being utilized the way I think they intend. So we'll see how they use them. And, you know, Fitzpatrick is up and down, even in the short sample sizes we've seen, but that's been his career up and down. So I'm concerned that early there's not going to be a tremendous amount of consistency. But what I lean on early, if they're not going to be an offense that you can rely on to have long drives or consistently, you know, put together some, you know, decent drives, is their big playability is so much higher now. Right. And they have people that not only can make big plays, but they have the quarterbacks who have the willingness to try for the big plays that they, they feel like a baseball team that leans on the three run home run. <laughs> like, yeah. They're not really that good of a lineup, but you get in the right spot in the right inning and the guy hits the three run home run, you win anyway because your defense and your pitching is good enough. And that's how I kind of see them at this moment. And I, you know, they just haven't played enough to really, I think, come to a judgment. But that's my gut is that 
the way it's trending right now to think that they're going to be working on whatever all cylinders means for them, I think is a little pie in the sky. So, but that doesn't mean they can't win because if they're able to make a big play here, a big play there, have a really good drive somewhere along the way, play pretty clean. Like that's another thing here. They've had five penalties in two games. That's really good. Like that's really good. They've had a couple of turnovers. That's really good. Like they're trending in ways where they don't make mistakes to hurt themselves. And if they have some big plays, maybe that's enough with the defense that they have until they figure out what their rhythm is. But I don't see it yet. And that's I think that's a concern to have whether they're going to be able to foster any real rhythm in the first few real games. I, I agree with that. And I think, um, you know, some of that's obviously Fitzpatrick talked this week about how he was adjusting to a new offense and a different way that they look at it compared to what he's how he's in other offenses he's been. And so that's going to take a minute. Curtis Samuel's not out there. Um, and I think they need to get that run game going. I think they need, if that's a big part of it, then they're going to be okay. And the one guy, like, you know, it's funny because we haven't talked about Deami Brown had a, had a big play too. And I, that that's what he was brought here for is to make those downfield plays. And he did. And I thought that's something that, that Fitzpatrick, the ball Fitzpatrick has thrown well. I like the throw to Logan Thomas, even though it was just a short, shallow crosser. What I liked is the way that first Thomas sold the block. And then I liked how Fitzpatrick basically hold, you know, brings the defense over to his left with his eyes, works back to the quickly works back to the right to get Thomas a good play, but the consistency just wasn't there. And it looked like you'd have a good drive going and then you don't, you don't pick up the short yardage with Gibson, which was disappointing. Um, But, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to take a little, it's going to take a minute for this offense to get going. And it didn't help. It doesn't help that Samuels missed as much time as he has. I agree. Um, they seem, and I believe them like not overly worried about that thing. Like as if he's going to come in seamlessly and, and work and, you know, I don't know, like, is everyone going to be on the same page when they get around to that? I don't know. And that's why I think it's going to take some time, but they have so much big play capability now that if they can just hit on some of it, it might be enough. And I do really want to see what it looks like is last year, they played from behind every week, often by double digits every week. And amazingly, considering how kind of, you know, nickel and dimey their offense was the whole year, they were in a lot of the games anyway, which is really amazing that they never got, it never went the wrong way on them. Well, if they could get some leads, well, now we're talking about, you know, the weapon of all weapons. Right. You take a run game away from the other team. Let's see what that looks like right. against this team. And so, you know, I'm hanging my hat on if they can figure out a way to hit on some big plays in some big spots, it may negate the need for them to have a very consistent, you know, running on all cylinders type of offense. Well, in the past, they'd have to go 15 play drives all the time, and it's a tough way to live in the NFL. That's why Samuel Brown and even Terry obviously can do that too. You, you have multiple guys who can take it, take it to the house on one play, and so that's a good thing. Any, any last thoughts? Anything? Did anything with Jamin Davis jump out of you? Any, anything else you want to add with or close with? Um, you know, I'm interested to look that he did make one really good play in plugging a hole in a run. So he that did. was pleasant to see that, you know, again, I, you know, it happens live. So I need to kind of rewatch right. some of this stuff. I think stuff. it's a hard um, one to, to watch. You know, yeah. You know, I think, um, again, even late, like I like this William Bradley King guy, he just seems to be kind of all over the place and maybe yeah. he's a, 
you know, because their D line is so deep, maybe he is a player that they shelve on their practice squad and probably will end up being that. But I, I did like seeing what he had done tonight. And I still feel like we, we just, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> I guess that's probably a good thing. Like, cause I, like, I believe in their confidence that they know what they're going to do, but I certainly right. don't. Um, and you know, and I did, I also did appreciate like how purposeful this game really felt tonight. Like we're going to test these corners against real number one receivers, even against the backup quarterback. I like that. This guy Patterson showed us some stuff. Let's put him out there with the ones and, and see what that looks like tonight. Right. You know, like I felt like there were some very purposeful things that happened and I'm with you. Like the result doesn't matter. I no. think they're happy. They won. I mean, I, I do. And, and I'll say this too. I think. Kyle Allen, I get it, playing with the threes and all, but he looked smooth. He looked like he was moving around, so I thought that was like a nice sign to see. Yeah, that was good. He looks pretty healthy. Yeah. Yep, there you go. All right, number two in the books. Thanks a lot, Bram. All right. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me, and thank you for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode Monday. Talk to you next time.